match day five saw seven more teams book their place in the knockout stages. On Tuesday, Juventus came from behind to secure their place in the last 16 with a dramatic win against 10-man Sevilla. Leonardo Bonucci has stepped up with a massive goal for Juventus. Meanwhile, the holders also left it late in Lisbon to secure their progress to the last 16. Sergio Ramos with a cross in towards Benzema! That might do it for Real Madrid! Karim Benzema with a terrific header! While on Wednesday, Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain shared four goals in North London. Lucas Moura with a header! It's 2-2! Via a deflection from Iwobi! But perhaps the most unlikely man to head an equaliser for Paris Saint-Germain! Gladbach and Manchester City couldn't be separated as they played out an exciting draw in Germany, with City progressing to the knockout stages. It's cut back to the edge of the box, shot comes in, and it's a goal from Raphael. He thunders it past Claudio Bravo. Plays it through a gap to Bruna, cuts it in, and it's finished off by David Silva. It's very timely from Manchester City. Elsewhere, Barcelona topped their group, joining Monaco and Leverkusen, who also confirmed their places in the knockout stages with Leicester. We'll hear from key players and head coaches, including Luka Modric, Kevin De Bruyne, Claudio Ranieri and Carlo Ancelotti, as we analyse all of the action right here on the UEFA Champions League podcast. Welcome to the show. I'm Rob Daly and I'm joined by European football expert Paul Saffer. Paul, I'm, I'm not going to ask you to pick a highlight because there are so many, but what a brilliant round of games. Well, anywhere and where you have the highest scoring game in the history of the competition isn't bad. Any round where you have some dramatic late twists, some matches where the big teams have gone head to head and really put on a show. Yeah, and of course... Well, we're going to come to it because there's just so much to pick from. <laughs> uh, let's go through all of Match Day 5's results then. On Tuesday, in Group E, Cieska Moskva 1, by Leverkusen 1, Monaco 2, Spurs 1. In Group F, Dortmund 8, Legia 4, Sporting 1, Real Madrid 2. In Group G, it was goalless between Copenhagen and Porto, Leicester 2, Klabruga 1. And in Group H, Sevilla 1, Juventus 3, Dinamo Zagreb 0, Lyon 1. On Wednesday then, in Group A, it was 2-2 between Arsenal and Paris Saint-Germain, goalless between Ludogorets and Basel. In Group B, Besiktas 3, Benfica 3, Napoli 0, Dynamo Kiev 0. Group C, Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, Manchester City 1, Celtic 0, Barcelona 2. And in Group D, Rostov 3, Bayern 2, Atletico 2, PSV Eindhoven 0. Nil. We'll start our review on Tuesday night with the action in Group H where Sevilla hosted Juventus in Spain. Both sides were looking to secure their places in the knockout stages. Steve Wyeth was watching for Match Day Live. Swung in once more though and it's Rogani this time who gets ahead on it for Juve and then from the edge of the penalty area. A wonderful strike and Sevilla have the lead. It's Nicolas Pareja on the volley. Franco Vasquez, the second yellow card in quick succession. That one for tripping Kadira and a player who has a wretched record playing against Juventus has now been sent off. It is a Sevilla player guilty of blocking and Mark Klattenberg, who has already sent off a Sevilla player in this first half has now awarded Juventus a penalty in first half stoppage time. Marquisio beats Rico to his left. The goalkeeper got a hand to it, but there was too much power in the shot from Claudio Marquisio. 
Vinicio. And Leonardo Bonucci has stepped up with a massive goal for Juventus. It could have a huge bearing on the outcome in Group H. And from behind, Juventus have got themselves ahead against the 10 men of Sevilla. Mario Mandzukic curling it inside the post. And that does the job for Juventus. They are heading into the knockout round of the UEFA Champions League for the fourth season in the last five. A notable achievement for the Bianconeri, Steve Wyeth, your commentator there. Well, let's hear from a delighted Juve head coach in Max Allegri. It's a really important victory for us, but we still need to win the final group game in order to secure first place in the group. This was always going to be tough, as they have vociferous home support. In the second half, we improved. They gave us little space to work with in the first half, and with just one striker on the pitch, we struggled to create chances. I felt we deserved the victory, and I'm proud of my team because Sevilla hadn't conceded at home in the UEFA Champions League before tonight. This makes me very happy. The thoughts of uh, Max Allegri there. Gazzetta della Sport giving Leonardo Bonucci man of the match with a 7 out of 10 performance, plus his goal as well. Uh, it was a big night for a Juve team, Paul, that was, you know, hampered by injuries going into that. They were, but they they did what they needed to do. At 1-0 down after nine minutes for Reha, it seemed, well, it seemed a very difficult opportunity. I mean, we know how good Sevilla are. They've looked all the way through this competition. They've looked like they're heading through very, very safely. And then there was a sending off. And then our penalty just before half-time, that changed it around. And although the goals from Bonucci and Mandzukic came quite late, Juve were in control there. And that's put them through. And that's put Sevilla in severe danger. Sevilla still need to avoid a two-goal defeat at Lyon to go through and to not end up going for a fourth consecutive UEFA Europa League. Uh, Dinamo Zagreb were beaten at home by Lyon. Alexander Lacazette with the goal. Uh, 18 minutes from the end of close-range tap-in. And it means that Lyon are still in contention. They're on seven points. Sevilla are on 10, Juve on 11. So Lyon can't catch Juve. That's why they're through. But Paul, break down this situation again. Lyon Sevilla is going to be one of our feature matches on this show. What is the situation? What do Lyon need to do? What does Sevilla need to do? Well, there's a three-point gap right now. So obviously a draw for Sevilla. They're through. Fine, not a problem. If Lyon win, they join them on 10 points. It goes head-to-head record. And it was 1-0 to Sevilla in the first game. So... If Lyon win by two goals or more, they're through because they'd win the two-leg tie. If if Lyon win by one goal other than 1-0, Sevilla would win on away goals. But what happens if Lyon win 1-0? Then it goes to overall goal <laughs> difference, which will be equal, and then overall goal scored, and Sevilla will be through. Okay. So Lyon must win by two. Paul Saffer's on it. Uh, let's move on to Group F now. Real Madrid uh, beat Sporting by two goals to one. They left it late through Karim Benzema. Uh, this one was watched by Richard Connolly. Modric with the free kick in there, and Varane has scored! Varane turns it in, it fell to him on the edge of the goal area, and his reactions were perfect, and it's Sporting nil, Real Madrid won. Oh, it's a red card been shown. It's a red card been shown, I think, to João Pereira of Sporting. There was a kerfuffle between players, and the referee, Willie Collum, has seen fit to send João Pereira of Sporting off. And Sporting, a goal down, are down to 10 men. They're screaming for it, they've got it! It's a penalty to Sporting! It flicked up off Joel Campbell, and it hit Quentrao on the arm. Adrian Silva scores! And the Jose Alvalad erupts! There's still hope for Sporting. A shot for Real Madrid with 10 minutes to go. It's 1-1. Sergio Ramos with a cross in towards Benzema! That might do it for Real Madrid! 
Madrid. Karim Benzema with a terrific header. And with four minutes to go, Sporting's dreams have died. It's Sporting 1, Real Madrid 2. Well, the Portuguese newspaper Abola ran with the headline, a hard reality for sporting as they were beaten late by Real Madrid again. Uh, let's hear from uh, Real Madrid midfielder Luka Modric, pleased with all three points. The game was a very difficult game. It was very important for us to win. We looked a bit tired after game that we had for the weekend against Atletico. We, we were a bit tired today, but on the end we won and that was very important for us. Yeah, they just managed to get that win over the line, uh, Paul Saffer. Um, and it's, what a great week for Real Madrid in truth, because they got that Madrid derby victory at the weekend against Atletico. And now, a UEFA Champions League status secured. It was, yeah. And uh, they've still got a chance of winning the group, of course, because they're still within two points of Dortmund, who they host on match day six. So everything going just about according to plan for the holders, although Sporting made them swept by equalising with 10 minutes to go. But... Benzema got the goal in the end, coming off the bench, didn't start the game. But um, Ronaldo was one of his quietest games. That was, I think, the first time I was told in about 12 years he hadn't had a shot in the UEFA Champions League game. Of course, did get that hat-trick at the weekend, so he's, he's earned his new contract money for the, for the week, you could say, with that, <laughs> I think. And still, now Messi's bearing down on him in that race to 100 UEFA Champions League goals. But still, the job done, they're through. They've still got a big game coming up, of course, against Dortmund to win the group, which they'll one to do, although if you look at some of the teams second in group, maybe it was making that difference this season. Uh, elsewhere in that group, a crazy game uh, in Dortmund. Uh, Borussia Dortmund beat Legia by eight goals to four. Actually, it feels weird saying that scoreline. The highest scoring game in UEFA Champions League history. Uh, Sadutscher Zeitung, the uh, German paper, had the headline, Royce fuels crazy, Bayfab 12 goals show. 12 goals in one game, and Dortmund head coach Thomas Tuchel reflected on an eventful 90 minutes and the return of goal scoring Marco Royce. Marco has been brilliant in the last couple of weeks. He is very physically fit and has trained very well. However, nobody could have predicted he would score three goals on his return. It was an extraordinary performance and an amazing comeback, which underlines his quality. I was very surprised by the way the game developed. It was a surreal result. We were dominant in every aspect and I was always confident that we would win. Legia are very dangerous up front and I asked my players to keep a clean sheet in the second half, but we failed to do that. You cannot underestimate any opponent in the UEFA Champions League. It's hard to analyse this match, really, because of the sheer amount of goals in 90 minutes. Thomas Tuchel was so animated on the touchline every time they conceded, but they did win by eight goals to four, and we have to correct him. Royce had that third goal taken away from him, an own goal in the end, but two goals for Marco Royce. In his first appearance of the season, what will that mean to him, do you think, Paul Sapp? Well, what, what great confidence it was to just feel the goals coming. You felt goals were coming every time they attacked. You say 12's the most ever goals in the UEFA Champions League games. Eight's the most team scored by a team in the UEFA Champions League. Four's the most goal scored by a losing team in the UEFA Champions League. Several other records went, I haven't got time for all of them now. <laughs> but the important thing is it keeps Dortmund top. It means a draw in Madrid would win them the degree. And I suppose when you've got two teams who have approached this competition in such an attacking manner... It's not surprising the game when between them they produced 58 goals in the game. I think Dortmund scored 14, I think, in the two goals against Legia. Just the goals coming in rewards for their positive tactics. And Legia will emerge with some credit as well, even though they've shipped so many goals. They can still qualify 
for the UEFA Europa League if they beat Sporting on match day six. If Dortmund avoid defeat at Real Madrid, they will win the group. Uh, what an achievement uh, for Leicester City. Uh, they have won their UEFA Champions League group in their first ever season in the competition. The English champions got a 2-1 win over Club Brugge. Mares with the winner, what turned out to be the winner, uh, a penalty. And Claudio Ranieri, their manager, was pleased with his side's performance and is looking forward to the knockout stages. It's a fantastic achievement for us. The first time we're going in Champions League, we are top of the group. Now another another journey. I don't know where, but it will be amazing. Knockout is important. How you stay physically and mentally. If you are good enough to fight against, I don't know who. That is the problem. Now in February, March, it's important the, the condition and everything. But now we have to enjoy, be happy. But tomorrow we have to restart for the Premier League. Yeah, Premier League uh, not going as well for Leicester City at the moment. Two points above the relegation zone. But in Claudio Ranieri, Paul, they, do, they have a manager who's experienced in this competition with English teams as well. They have. I mean, you were just reminding me in 2004 that last season he was in charge, the first Roman Abramovich season at Chelsea. They got to the semi-finals and well, were pretty disappointed to lose to Monaco in the end when the competition was there to win. Porto won it. In the end, that was a good a good run. They knocked out Arsenal, I think, on the way, of course. And yeah, he's taken them through. This is the, I mean, this is I think the sixth different team and six different group stage campaigns he's coached. And they're Leicester, more points in five UEFA Champions League games and in 12 Premier League games this season. They've taken last year's Premier League form, particularly Riyad Mahrez, who's been so so important for them last year in the Premier League. This year in UEFA Champions League, scored four, made another. There it is, he's got them on to 13 points, got them through as group winners, one game spare, and now they can concentrate on the uh, the Premier League for a bit before worrying about whoever it is they get in the knockout stage of the UEFA Champions League. Leicester go to Porto next, and Club Brugge host Copenhagen. Uh, Porto have eight points and Copenhagen have six. So it's a case of Copenhagen trying to catch Porto uh, in that group. Uh, on to Group E, not such a, an enjoyable night for another English Premier League side. Tottenham were beaten 2-1 at Monaco. Sidibe put Monaco in front. Kane level with a penalty. All these goals in the first eight minutes of the second half. And then Lamar powered ahead of home past the brilliant Hugo Lloris uh, to put Monaco uh, into a situation whereby they win the group. Striker Harry Kane and first head coach Mauricio Pochettino Tina reflected on Tottenham's elimination. Maybe in that Champions League after 5-8, maybe we don't show quality enough to share two tough competition like Premier League and to be competitive in Premier League in the way that we are because we are unbeaten after 12 games and to compete on Champions League maybe it was tough and, and that is good for us to learn and try for the future. If you are the next season in the Champions League, maybe we need to make some changes. I think obviously losing two of our home games in this competition, it's got to be a, a fortress at home. Although when teams come over to us, we've got to make it difficult and we got to use that to our advantage and, and we didn't. It's always difficult away from home in the Champions League. Obviously Monaco uh, knew what they had to do and, and they'd done it well. So uh, yeah, definitely we'll look back and say uh, the home games is where we should have been better. You do well to argue that Monaco didn't deserve a win. Uh, they, they were superior over Tottenham. Uh, and Paul, the Daily Mirror wrote this in one of their write-ups about the game, saying that Spurs still have a lot to learn at this level. They're, they're almost playing with their L plates uh, in the UEFA Champions League. Can, can you see where that, that's coming from? I think so as well, because I mean they have had some injuries, of course, Kane, Alderweire, they were players you don't want Ford to lose. But I think he's taken some gambles, Pochettino, and it hasn't paid off in a group that was very negotiable for them. Indeed, and particularly considering, A, how Tottenham did a few years ago, and they really were underdogs, and they were so fantastic in getting to the quarterfinals 
Obviously, they had Gareth Bale in those days. And also, their two home games at Wembley so far have got the two biggest crowds in the history of English club football. Winter seems they come for the Suska game as they play for UEFA Europa League place. But those factors make it sort of very disappointing. I mean, we, the game against Leverkusen three weeks ago, that really was a poor performance from Tottenham, as Pochettino admits. And they haven't, haven't gone up to him. But credit goes to Monaco. have been much better this season than I expected, both in Liga and UEFA Champions League, and that's four times in a row they've won their UEFA Champions League group. They certainly have. Uh, Siska drew 1-1 for Leverkusen, by the way, in Moscow, uh, and it means that Leverkusen finished second. That's guaranteed. Monaco 11 points, Leverkusen 7. Spurs have four, but because of head-to-head, -head, Spurs can't catch Leverkusen. And Siska are one point behind Spurs as they go to Wembley uh, to take on Spurs on match day six. OK, next on Match Day Live, analysis and reaction from Wednesday night's matches. Dizemos não ao racismo. Nein, sou o racismo. Nem ter racismo. Não ao racismo. Não ter racismo. Não ao racismo. Cristiano Ronaldo, Manuel Neuer, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Vincent Kompany, Caroline Segar and Lionel Messi are just a few of the European football stars saying no to racism. European football united against racism. Respect. You're listening to UEFA Champions League Match Day Live. You're listening to Match Day Live with Paul Saffer and me, Rob Daly. Our review of Wednesday's Match Day 5 action begins in North London, where Arsenal hosted Paris Saint Germain in Group A. John Bradley was your commentator for this one. Forward now towards Thiago Motta on his left foot, forward towards Matuidi. Flag stays down, Matuidi across the face of goal! And it's in by the man who just can't stop scoring, Edison Cavani puts Paris in front at Arsenal and puts them in pole position to top Group A. Wonderful clinical goal by the French champions. Arsenal nil, Paris Saint-Germain won. The Frenchman taking responsibility. Olivier Giroud with his left foot sends the goalkeeper the wrong way and Arsenal who have barely been an attacking threat in this first half will go in a half-time level thanks to Olivier Giroud's goal from the spot. Arsenal won, Paris Saint-Germain won. There's a little bit of space out wide right for Jenkinson here. He's fouled by Sanchez. Jenkinson across the face of goal. Ramsey hacks a shot. Oh, it's gone in. It's an own goal. It's Marco Verratti who knew nothing about it as the ball ricocheted away off a defender. It bounces on the knees of the Italian and there's nothing that Ariola can do. And Arsenal have turned this game around either side of half-time. Arsenal 2, Paris Saint-Germain 1. Lucas Moura with the header. It's 2-2. Fire a deflection from Iwobi. But perhaps the most unlikely man to head an equaliser for Paris Saint-Germain. So we'll speak to John Bradley in a moment, our commentator for that game. But first, let's hear from uh, Arsenal defender Kieran Gibbs. He was asked his thoughts on the outcome of the game. Disappointment because it was a good opportunity for, for us to finish top of the group. And I mean, it's still, there's still a chance. But obviously, uh, when you go 2-1 up, you want to finish it off in the second half. And we haven't managed to do that. To be honest, it was more disappointing that we wanted to perform better. I think like when we've got the ball, we can, we can be a lot more dangerous than we showed tonight. But we know we've got the quality and we will keep going. Thoughts of uh, Kieran Gibbs, who started at left-back tonight for Arsenal. 
uh, and they did lead that game. Let's hear from their manager now, Arsene Wenger. On the attitude, on the intensity, we were on the right front, you know, but uh, technically we made too many mistakes, maybe tonight, and uh, we'll be done lucky on the second goal for Paris Saint-Germain, but if you look well at the game, I think it's a fair result. Well, there certainly was an element of luck, John Bradley, about that equalising goal, but there was a lots of luck about the one that put Arsenal in front in the first place. There was, and I think it was a game that... We called it before that we said that it would be attritional in the first half and then would open up a little in the second, and it's exactly how it proved to be the case. Paris started really well. I thought they were a better side over the course of the 90 minutes. Arsenal had a 15-20 minute spell where they got back into the game. They got both their goals, one from the penalty, one from an own goal. But Paris seemed to control the game for the first 35 minutes or so. Didn't that feel and really... For the last yeah. 35. And what interested me is that once it went to 2-2, we knew that Arsenal then needed to win the game if they wanted to win the group, because now, of course, Paris have topped the group. And Arsenal didn't press them in the last 10 minutes. And if anything, Paris looked like they could go on and, and win the game. And, and on another day, Adidasen Cavani would have scored a hat-trick. He really had some wonderful chances. And I think it would be disappointing for Arsene Wenger because his side worked really hard. It was a curious game. We've had more goals than shots on target tonight in that game, <laughs> which is very peculiar. And I think that they're right, that technically at times just things didn't click for Arsenal, but also Ozil and Sanchez weren't able to get in the game long enough because of the way that, that Paris Saint-Germain played. I think we should give extra credit to Unai Emery for the way he set his side out. So do you think that's coaching into the latter stages of that game? Because I, I felt the same as you. The Paris Saint-Germain showed a great element, element I, of control later on. I don't think it's coaching. I think it's bravery. I think it's a mental thing. I think that... Unai Emery set his side up and knew exactly what he wanted from them. When they needed to get back into the game, he brought on Atem Benarfa and sacrificed Krikoviak. And then Arsenal then were making changes to try and chase the game once it went to 2-2. And the most telling point of the game is that Benarfa's just come on. He set up the equaliser. Arsenal have got Granit Xhaka waiting to come on. They're 2-1 up. And there's a corner to Paris Saint-Germain. The referee signals to the bench, do you want to bring him on now? They say no. The ball comes across. Lucas Moura heads it. Alex Iwobi turns it into his own net. It's Alex Iwobi who's coming off for Granite Chaka. <laughs> Just those small quirks in football, that, you know, those crazy By little margins. moments. Uh, John, so so after the, there was a nil-nil draw as well between uh, Ludogorets and Basel as they find out for the UEFA Europa League. But what does the result in North London mean now for top spot? Why has that happen match day six? I mean, basically, if Paris Saint-Germain win on match day six, they have top spot. That They are still level. They have matched each other's results um, and because it finished 2-2 it means that Paris Saint-Germain have the advantage because they take it on the two-legged tie between them and they obviously have the better away goals mm. uh, in terms of that so if they win on match day six they're through if they don't win and Arsenal win then Arsenal will win the group so there's still hope for Arsenal but they'll be disappointed I think the way they ended that game tonight. I was particularly surprised they didn't press and try and win the ball Didn't you back. feel the crowd were trying to tell them I, to do I, it? I, I, I could tell the crowd was telling them to do that. I think the crowd was stunned. But I think that Paris Saint-Germain, towards the end, just wrestled them into submission. Real quality. Uh, John, get thinking about your man of the match as well. Uh, our other feature game came from Group C in the UEFA Champions League. Gladbach hosting Manchester City. Mike Shaw was watching this for Match Day Live. Stindle. No foul against John Stone. Stindle away here. Johnson in the middle. Traore to the right edge of the area. It's cut back to the edge of the box. Shot comes in. And it's a goal from Raphael. He thunders it past Claudio Bravo. And Borussia.
Borussia Mönchengladbach take the lead against Manchester City. They won't expect it to cause a shock, but maybe they will. Borussia Mönchengladbach 1, Manchester City 0. Sterling from the edge of the area. Plays it through a gap to Bruno, cuts it in! And it's finished off by David Silva. It's very timely from Manchester City, an equaliser. When Borussia Mönchengladbach looked like they were going to go in at half-time with a lead, but Jan Sommer is beaten, and it's David Silva with the goal. Gladbach won, Manchester City won. What a result uh, in the end for Manchester City because they are into the next round of the UEFA Champions League with a game to spare. Uh, let's hear from one of their star midfielders, Kevin De Bruyne. First half was difficult, not that good to be fair. Uh, especially the first half hour, I think uh, we had difficulties coming on uh, our rhythm, and uh, obviously they had one chance and they scored. So uh, then they just went backwards, and I think uh, the last 15 minutes were better. So uh, it was very good that we scored the second one, and I think uh, the second half we started really well until uh, our red card, to be fair. And then, yeah, we just killed off the game. We played very professional. There was nothing, no chances for us but also no chances for, for them and that was for us the most important to be fair. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne speaking in the tunnel after the game. Uh, let's hear from the Manchester City manager now Pep Guardiola his thoughts on having qualified already. I'm so happy to be there so the first part of the season is so important qualify for the next round we did it and, uh, and now we can focus in the Premier League and uh, so satisfied for all, all the games and of course I, I was training here in Germany and know how difficult is that team, but we did it. That's why it's big congratulations to the team. Pep Guardiola lost with his Bayern side at Borussia Park last season uh, in the Bundesliga. Uh, let's speak to our commentator for this game now, uh, Mike Shaw. Mike, you do get the feeling from City that they're, they're just happy to be through. They don't mind that they, they can't win the group. Yes, I think that was the main aim for them. And likewise with Mönchengladbach, the main aim for them was to make sure they finished third and qualified for the UEFA Europa League. I think City, though, could have still given themselves an outside chance going into match day six if they'd taken advantage of the, the extra man. Um, two players were sent off in the second half, one for each team. Lars Stindl, the captain of Borussia Mönchengladbach, uh, for blocking Otamendi off the ball. He'd already been booked. He got a second yellow card. And at that point, that gave City the chance to go and win the game. But Fernandinho basically uh, hamstrung them by getting sent off himself 13 minutes later in a very similar situation. Long ball forward, off the ball, tugs the shirt of Raphael, spotted by the referee, second yellow card, off he goes. And from then on, really, City, yes, had probably the better chances to win it, but um, they didn't go on to it. And, and certainly the last two or three minutes, they were playing the ball around inside their own half, and that told you that all they wanted to do was to make sure they were going to get into the last 16 of the UEFA Champions League. Uh, Andre Schubert, the Gladbach coach, has also um, been quoted post-match, saying it was a crazy game with a lot of twists and turns, but we're very happy that we managed to pick up a point. We're in the Europa League now. That was our aim, and we've done it. Were you impressed by Gladbach, given the fact that they were they suffered that derby defeat of the weekend to Cologne? I was. The fact that they've had a very difficult season, obviously, Schubert came in at the beginning of last season and they had a fantastic ride, uh, finishing fourth in the Bundesliga, but they're now in 13th place. Things have not gone well, particularly at home. But I have to say, their first half performance was excellent and they were led, really, by the man that got sent off, their captain, Lars Stindl. He, he was exemplary in the first half he set up the goal for Raphael they won everything in midfield and they were the better team like 
Kevin De Bruyne just said they were the better team in the first 45 minutes. But from their point of view, it would have been a shame that they conceded that goal so late on from David Silva. That was a minute into added time. If they'd have held on to half time, the complexion of the game may well have been different in the second half. Certainly would have done. Mike, thank you. Uh, we'll ask for your man of the match from uh, Gladbach 1, uh, Manchester City 1. City hosts Celtic next and Gladbach go to Barcelona. Barcelona have won the group already after a 2-0 win at Celtic. Both goals from Lionel Messi. Um, the first, a half volley in the first half. The second was a penalty. Barcelona completely controlled the game and Celtic under Brendan Rodgers are out of European competition. They cannot uh, qualify for the UEFA Europa League. Uh, Paul Saffer's uh, still with us on the show. And Paul, uh, two more groups to, to wrap up. Uh, first group B, uh, Besiktas getting from 3-0 down, a 3-3 draw with Benfica. Napoli drew 0-0 with Dinamo Kiev. And Besiktas, that's one of the performances of the group stage so far. It is. It was 3-0, as you say, to Benfica at half-time. It seemed hopeless. But Besiktas did applaud their fans at half-time for their support, but it seemed a lost cause. Just, just before the hour, Cenk Tosan scored an amazing scissor kicks goal. It was one you're going to have to watch when the highlights come on UEFA.com and about... And, when you of a midnight CET on a Wednesday. But then, with seven minutes left, Ricardo Quaresma, a man not unfamiliar with Benfica, converted the penalty. He then had a little Rabona assist to Abu Kukar in the last minute to seal a free all draw to really keep Persictus. The fact that it means that Persictus's fate is in their own hands. They win at Dinamo Kiev on match day six. They are definitely through. And uh, Napoli drew 0 0 with Dinamo Kiev. So we have a very very tight group. Do you want to try and just explain this? But I think that the simplest way you put it was if any of those teams win, they're through. It's effectively all in their own hands. Yep, the games are Benfica, Napoli and Dinamo Kiev, Besiktas. Dinamo Kiev completely out of Europe. But a, a win, Benfica actually a draw is enough for them, but if they win, they're through. If Napoli win, they're through. The winner of that game wins the group. If Besiktas win, they're through. Whatever happens in the other game, they might get away with the draw. They'll probably need to win at Dinamo Kiev, but still, Besiktas kept the hope alive. Napoli and Benfica could have been through before today. They're now both, both in danger. Both got to go to that last game in Lisbon with their hopes on the line. I remember a team coming from 3-0 down to get a 3-3 draw in Istanbul back in 2005. But she does the latest side uh, to do just that. Uh, let's move on to uh, Group D now. Uh, Rostov, what a result for them. Probably the result of the match day. In the early kickoff on Wednesday, they beat Bayern by three goals to two. The very small Russian club for Bayern. Another disappointing result. Here's their head coach, Carlo Ancelotti. Really disappointed for the result, for the performance. Uh, there are not a lot of things to say. Just take the responsibility uh, and we have to change uh, immediately with different attitude, with different concentration, different performance. So this is a moment that we don't have to speak a lot. The, the manager doesn't have to speak a lot just to take the responsibility because this is my responsibility. I still have confidence and we have to move on quickly from this moment that is not a good moment. Well, Carlo Ancelotti says he takes responsibility and he said that not much really had to be said in the dressing room. There was an understanding of, of, of that result, Paul. Well, he's lost three games now as Bayern coach. When Guardiola lost three games as Bayern coach, he was already German champion. So a little bit of a bad week. They lost to Dortmund as well, but still, and it means they finished second. It means Atletico have won the group. And although it didn't really change rosters, his hopes they still need to get a draw in 
Netherlands against PSV to get UEFA Europa League. What a way to get your first UEFA Champions League win. Come from behind, beat Bayern, won the Giants. They fully deserved as well. Uh, they defended so well at the end. They did. It was very exciting. Uh, Atletico beat PSV Eindhoven by two goals to nil, as Paul hinted at. Uh, Gamera and Griezmann with the goals. And Atletico have won the group already. Done and dusted. Bayern will finish second. Imagine winning your group and then getting to with Bayern uh, in the round of 16. It's going to happen to someone. Uh, Bayern host Atletico next. And PSV, as Paul said, take on Rostov. OK, let's get your man of the matches. Paul, want yours from one of the other games. We'll start with you, John Bradley. Arsenal, Paris Saint-Germain. Marco Verratti, not for scoring Paris's first ever own goal in the UEFA Champions League, <laughs> but for the way that he came back and drove his side on to get an equaliser and what could have been a deserved winner. Absolutely. Uh, Mike Shaw, on your matchday live debut, who was man of the match? Do you well, think if, it Gladbach? If it stayed on the pitch, I would have gone with the Gladbach captain, Lars Stindl, but I'm going to go for Jan Sommer in the Gladbach goal for making two really important saves, the best of which was acrobatically from Kevin De Bruyne midway through the second half. Perfect. Thank you, Mike. Paul Saffer? I'm going back to Tuesday and Marco Royce for coming back from injury and inspiring that record-breaking 8-4 win for Dortmund. Uh, Paul, perfect. Thank you very much for wrapping that. That's all we have time for on Match Day Live on another exciting week in the UEFA Champions League, which saw seven more teams seal their places in the knockout stages. On Tuesday, Juventus came from behind to beat 10-man Sevilla and confirm their qualification from Group H. In Group F, holders Real Madrid reached the last 16 with a narrow victory over Sporting. They'll join Borussia Dortmund, who won incredibly 8-4 against Legia. Elsewhere, Monaco and Leverkusen progressed from Group E, while Leicester City's fairy tale continued as they beat Club Brugge 2-1 to confirm top spot in Group G. Then on Wednesday, Arsenal, Paris Saint-Germain shared the spoils in Group A, while Barcelona topped Group C with a win at Celtic. City's draw at Gladbach sees them through. Atletico have five wins from five, and they have won their section as well. Join us again from 1930 CET on Tuesday the 6th of December and Wednesday 7th of December when we'll bring you coverage from the final match day of the group stage. You can hear us on UEFA.com. But for now, from Paul Saffer, Mike Shul, John Bradley and me, Rod Daly, it's goodbye. Mario Mandzukic curling it inside the post and that does the job for Juventus. They are heading into the knockout round of the UEFA Champions League for the fourth season in the last five. Sergio Ramos with a cross it towards Benzema! That might do it for Real Madrid. Karim Benzema with a terrific header. Lucas Moura with a header. It's 2-2. Via a deflection from Iwobi. But perhaps the most unlikely man to head an equaliser for Paris Saint-Germain has done just that. Sterling from the edge of the area. Plays it through a gap to Bruno. Cuts it in. And it's finished off by David Silva. It's very timely from Manchester City. You've been listening to UEFA Champions League Matchday Live.